Hi everybody, we are Matt and Kevin and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week we talk about the May Melee Tournament, Monty's rejected tournament format, and a new possible hero. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to week 16 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. We are finally actually at the end of May. So, hooray. I guess we're getting into summer soon. Um, It's already 93 degrees in LA and I am sweating and it's not comfortable. How How are things in the Bay, Kevin? It is weird. Like, I I don't, I haven't been sleeping properly or like well at all just because like I'll be cold at the very beginning of the night and then it will heat up at like five in the morning. So then I'm like sweating puddles and I wake up. It's just like, yeah, the the weather is just all over the place really. Um, But that's what you get for California weather. You either have like, you either have really, really nice sunny weather all the time. and then it will just be cloudy and overcast and cold. And then it will just be like that flip-flopping back and forth for a solid hour. You don't know whether to put on a jacket or not. Uh, but yeah, that's that's how finicky the weather is out here. Um, but yeah, um, how's your week? Uh, are you enjoying the anniversary event while it's still here? Yesterday, I was going to play yesterday. I've been busy doing all the watching of the May Melee, so I haven't been able to play exactly. But I was going to, I played last night. And I was going to do anniversary stuff, but it was Lucille Ball for me again. I guess for everybody else. So I don't like Lucille Ball at all. Um, so I went to comp and my, my tank placements were okay. I dropped again into 1700s. I got like, I won three out of five, but I think I lost every single one of my healer placements because all the tanks in every single game I played, all the tanks were trying for hero plays. And so the tanks would die, then the DPS would die, then the healers would die, and just kept going on and on and on, and these tanks never grouped up. So I'm sad about that, and I still have to do my DPS placement, so fingers crossed that I'll get some good tanks and healers, but not counting on it. Yeah, it, it's always a gamble when you go into comp now. I don't know exactly what it is, but it just feels like you either win really hard or you lose really hard. Uh, there's no really in between. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had some really hard wins on my tank placements. Like the three that I won were very solid wins. Um, but I don't know. It's just, I can't trust other tanks. So I tank. How about you? How's your week been? Uh, my week's been okay. Um, I've just been, I, I finally got the last screws and pieces for my PC. I've built it. I haven't plugged it in yet. So I have to hope that it that it posts and that it works. Other than that, um, I've been playing a lot of Slay the Spire and Valorant um, as well. On top of the Overwatch stuff, I'm waiting for, once again, my team to get together so we can just grind out anniversary skins and all the loot boxes and stuff. Um, I, I did get my, my Hammond uh, submarine skins, so I'm ready to dive on them. Ready to dive on them? Yep. <laughs> Wow. Oh, yeah. Valorant's coming out soon, right? Yeah. So the closed beta is supposed to close on the 28th. 
So uh, expect people to flood back to Overwatch for a solid three days before. Uh, well, hold on, one. Da, 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 da. It'll be like four or five days. Um, they said that it, they're, they want to release on June 2nd, but they're closing all the servers after the 28th. So uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. So literally tomorrow they're closing the servers. So wow. there's going to be like five days of no Valorant for anyone. Um, so expect me to be on Overwatch a lot. The DPS queue is going to get really bad. Yeah, either DPS queue is going to get really bad or everybody's going to find another game to go and play uh, in the meantime. But honestly, it's not bad right now. Uh, it's It's totally fine to go back and play some more games. Cool. Well, welcome back to all of you Valorant shippers. You're jumping ship over into Valorant and coming back. Um, we love you and, and respect your gaming choices. Um, anyway, going back into the Overwatch stuff. So, um, once again, there was another Spice Adams uh, episode with Sideshow. Um, and this week, instead of watching his one of his favorite characters, Bamf, a.k.a. McCree, he was watching the Waffle Lady, uh, Echo, because when she reloads or turns into another character, she goes all waffly, according to Spice. So th- this episode was a lot of really weird food-related things. Like, what was it? The Torbjorn's molten core was, like, it was called molten strawberry cheese because um, he was watching the Hangzhou Spark and their their colors are, no, the char... Sparker, yeah, the, the spark, the spark are the pink ones, right? Yes. God, I keep getting mixed up with the names in in the league. They're so close together. Um, so, uh, pink team, their their Torbjorn molten core looks like strawberry, whatever. So there was a lot of really fun food analogies. Um, there was a lot of debate on whether it's called pop or soda or crisps or chips. Um, we're West Coast, Kevin, so we say chips and soda, right? Yep, yeah, that that we do. Okay, like it fascinates me the regionality of of different food names. Um, like there's soda, there's pop, there's people just calling it by the brand name. Um, eggplants or aubergines over in the UK, things like that. But um, anyway, so he's watching the the Spark versus the NYXL. And he's mainly focusing on Adora play. Adora was playing the Echo and the Torbjorn mostly. Um, Spice is not really... He's getting it a little bit. It, this week's casting attempt was still not as good as his second week. His second week was still prime. Um, but a good sign of progress that Spice is actually learning and understanding ult and how you combo ults is that when... I forget who it was on the Spark throughout the Graviton Surge... He said, okay, so there's a Dragon Strike coming soon, right? There was no Dragon Strike because no one was playing Hanzo. But, I mean, it's encouraging to see that at, throughout these four weeks, he's at least starting to pick up what we kind of, what we take for granted in Overwatch League is when a Graviton Surge is coming, like, you know there's another ult going to come out. I don't understand what the end goal of these videos is, really. Um, are you going to try to have Spice actually cast with Sideshow at the very end? Are you... Is this exclusively just for promotional value? How many people? If, and if so, how many people are actually watching this? Are you actually trying to get like traditional sports people into Overwatch? Because again, if so, how many of them are actually going to watch these videos? It's I, I'm not sure about that. Um, I think that a a better way 
to have done this so that it's it's more functional and also still entertaining is if you make like tutorial videos on how to cast where it's actually like instead of sideshow half-heartedly trying to teach spice how to do these things and just do it for the comedy value if he's actually like doing lessons like each time is a specific aspect of of casting kind of like your your powerpoint kevin and spice is there as the the analog student who one knows traditional sports and also has casted before so he kind of has the background to make it easier for sideshow to teach him but i mean that would be a lot more useful for for the community and for people who are also just looking to learn how to sports cast what are your thoughts kevin i totally agree if they wanted to make this a teaching tool i feel like it would be really cool to see both of them kind of collaborate on things that they can talk about um lucky for me i did come from a sports casting background initially i was trained classically um my my teacher taught me how to do you know like basketball football um we had baseball then hockey for one one unit which was insane um but it's more of like studying the game you take like an entire week or two to just watch footage and figure out what things look like um and how how to call it and then you take another week to learn how to cast a game and you learn like the team names um they you usually walk around with like a sheet so if you ever see me walking around with like a piece of paper and me just murmuring names to myself, it's because I'm trying to learn the rosters of certain teams um, before I go out and do it. Uh, How hard is that to, to learn? Like, so we do this podcast, and we've been paying attention to these people's uh, rosters and the teams that they're on, but, like, it's still hard for me to remember who's on each team. Yeah, the, the hardest part is, like, not necessarily, like, remembering who's on which team, but it's, like, the the correct pronunciation of teams um that are like new um that's what makes it really difficult for me at least um for example like if you're doing a collegiate tournament or like a tournament with like newer people they essentially have names of people who you've never ever seen or ever met before right so you have to just kind of guess what their name is depending on what is written um one of them i'm going to give a shout out to um sacramento state's player um his name is omi but when it's written it's omi right so it could be ami or uh-huh. like for omniscient but i when i sat down and talked to them he's like oh yeah dude my name is omi like just write it down like omi and i'm like oh, okay cool so i took i took note made sure okay his name is omi make sure to call him that you know uh don't want to get that mixed up um so it is important to remember that those exist. Like you need to call certain things the way how it's intended. What's your most uh, egregious mispronunciation? Oh, geez. Uh, I, I feel like the one, any of them that have like a ridiculously long name, but like have them like leet speak, you know, where like people will interchange like letters for numbers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like that or like the really cringy like xx underscore dark lord underscore 69 xx right you're like yeah what do i call that <laughs> like a dark lord i guess uh you, you just get some of the names that are just like okay why why did you pick this name <laughs> uh why are you making my life so difficult right now 
but it, it's fun sometimes to just get some of those weird names and you're just like oh okay this is this is tough um there was one where it was like greater than underscore less than right and it's that like face it's like the e-boat face. oh yeah literally there i'm like what do i call that like <laughs> what am i supposed to call that uh and they're, they're just like i don't know i'm like what do you mean <laughs> like it's your it's your name it's your name uh and they're just like oh yeah just call me stan and i'm like dude what what <laughs> like oh, okay how like i i guess this is this is you now uh that that's somehow that's like prince how he changed yeah. his name to a the yeah, artist th- formerly known as prince was a symbol yeah and i'm like what how am i supposed to say that it's like uh elon musk's kid right now like oh god elon musk like like that kid like oh yeah they changed the they changed the number at the end to roman numerals cool good job but like honestly what am i supposed to call him like Like, yeah your dad's gonna be emperor of mars one day but like you're still gonna get laughed at by all the other imagine that kid or like like being in normal school, right? Like oh yeah. It's hard enough for some teachers to get like, you know, Asian or like uh Middle Eastern names in general, right? Uh, just because they're so used to, you know, normal names, they're gonna get to that kid's name and be like, Yeah, wingdings. Uh <laughs> like it'll it'll be it'll be at that point. Like we we know that it's gonna hit that point eventually. Oh boy. Um, for you, what were the hardest parts of, of casting both esports and traditional sports to learn and to teach? The hardest thing to learn by far is learning to stop saying, um, and, uh, when you're trying to fill in space, um, it's okay, by the way, it is okay to have some dead space if there's high action. Um, for example, like let's say if there is a full like they're playing for the grand finals right right um and at the very end um like you know one team wins right it is okay to not say anything and just hear the crowd right or just hear you know their celebration um one of the things to teach is the handoffs and pickups this is something that like when when you dip off your sentence like when a person initially dips off their sentence at handoff that's probably the more difficult things to to learn but once you start hanging out with a person maybe playing a couple games talking with them you get their rhythm so they'll be like okay yeah we'll say something here and then i'll dip my sentence and when they do that you're like okay now i pick it up i'm gonna go and do my thing it's, mm-hmm. it's all good do you think, I mean, we only have, we don't have too many weeks of the Overwatch League left in this season. I think we're going to end on, what is it, week 27, I think, I when I last checked. Um, so if they do these things once a week, and assuming that Spice does minimal to no actual Overwatching in his downtime, do you think, even with his previous experience casting, that he would be ready to actually cast a full match? I honestly don't think he's going to be ready to cast an entire match. Um, it uh, Actually, well, okay. Here's the thing. If he is putting in time outside, yes, for sure. He can do it. But 
honestly, I think that they keep throwing them into, you know, just like clips and scenes of certain plays or like certain certain teams, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they need to give him like a roster or something to kind of go off of so that he knows, okay, well, this is this is Adora doing his thing. This is, you know, this is Super doing his thing. Like call out the players and what they what are they doing and why is it good? Um, he might not obviously be as passionate as most of us, but he's willing to give it a shot um, and make it something that he's good at. And I, I really do appreciate that. I do respect that a lot. So I hope that that plays into it later. Um, and eventually they give him a shot at, at the league. Um, but I don't know if he's ready for like true calling of like a full match yet. Mm-hmm. Got it. Especially because I don't think he's, he's taking this seriously. I mean, he's learning. He got the, the combo alts thing. But aside from that, like, especially with these names being so weird and he has, you have to differentiate the character versus the player, which is not something that you have to do in traditional sports. Like you call out the character or their number and it's, it's the same thing every time. It, it, it's easy to do. Um, yeah. I, 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 I'm interested to see what they do with the rest of these, because again, I, I don't know what their end goal is, but it's funny every time I think. If, if just for the pure entertainment value, I'm these are really growing on me. Yeah, for the entertainment value, this is actually like really funny just to watch, um, you know, him struggle a little bit, I guess. That's probably the best way to say it. Um, but yeah, it's just an interesting thing to see how hard it is for casters um at least to kind of say everything when it and make it flow the way it does um i bet like if they wanted to they they send sideshow over to the nfl and see how he does uh i think that would be an interesting flip to do do it the other way as well i think sideshow would probably do a good job like he he's decent at casting owl and he 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 makes a lot of football references through it so it'd be cool to see his spin on on how to cast football. Yeah, for sure. And that that's what that's what I'm thinking. Like it's going to be interesting to see what he can he can bring to the table and see how he casts alongside somebody who's kind of doing this for their profession. Um if anything it could prove how how well like esports players could transition uh to traditional sports if they wanted to. Yeah, I feel like it's easier for a, an esports caster to move into that more traditional space than for the other way around, which I guess is probably the point of these these videos or, or something that they're going for. Anyway, so moving on to more owl news, um, the Overwatch League tokens are back! Hooray! Hooray! Yes. We get owl tokens again. Um, this time we're getting five per hour as opposed to what was it? You told me it was three per half hour it used to be, Kevin? It used to be one per half hour. Um, and then there was, like, certain drops where you could get, like, 10 or 100 at a certain point. So we get them by watching them live on the Overwatch League website, um, the app. I guess if you go on YouTube and try to watch it, they'll just redirect you to the website, which is 
Uh, I was told that by one of the people on my team. I haven't tried it because I don't watch them. I didn't really pay attention to them live. I just threw them on my laptop and did my other things just to get the uh, the coin drops. Um, and that's a, that's a thing that's really kind of, um, it's still kind of not ideal for me how you have to watch them live. Because um, there, there's a whole half of the world that really, unless you're weird with sleep schedules like us, they're not going to be able to see those matches because of, of people normally sleep during that half of the, the broadcast, like people on the, the West Coast. Are there are matches for the uh, Asian region start at what one a.m. They end at like mm-hmm. five six a.m. So most people are asleep right then. So they would be missing that opportunity to get the uh, those tokens. And the people in Asia or other parts of the world, when the NA region's going, they're probably asleep. Um, I understand. I'm guessing that this is probably to help them boost their live numbers, uh, just for for metrics and ratings and whatnot. But it still seems kind of, and again, they don't have to give us these things, but for the big fans of the league, it seems like there should be another way to do it than just having to watch it live. Like maybe not give them the full five for watching it live, but maybe two or three for watching a VOD or something. Yeah. I, I hope that they incorporate VOD watching again. Um, that way, if people want to watch highlights or watch, you know, the other side of the world play um, like us, we, we kind of need to, um, it would actually incentivize other players to not just pay attention to the region that they live closest to, um, which is something that's really important, at least for the future of Overwatch and seeing where it goes from here. So how many tokens did you end up getting, Kevin? Uh, this weekend, I probably ended up getting like 20 or so. I, I watched a lot of Overwatch this weekend. Um, that is just because, first of all, my sleep schedule is so messed up. Uh, I, I fall asleep when the Asian games end. I wake up uh, in a cold sweat because of the <laughs> random uh, California weather. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, the Overwatch League is on. going to go watch it. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's not a good schedule for my body, but I am, uh, I'm at least enjoying the games. The games are good. Um, I have no complaints on that end. So what I did was like, I, I stay up like like you. I have a really messed up sleep schedule. So what I did is like at one a, one a.m. I turned on the uh, the stream on my laptop and just like set it aside because I'm not actually gonna take notes on the games at one a.m. Um, so I did that and then I'd go to bed at like five or six and then I'd wake up at noon and then turn on the stream and then go back to sleep just so I could earn those tokens even though like. I haven't used any of them. I've been ga- I have like 300 something tokens now from the entire time I've been collecting them, but I I just haven't used any of them. I am just I'm just hoarding them like a dragon. Yeah, it, I feel like you don't really need to use them until they're like ready. Like until you see something that you really really want. Um I really really wanted unironically the uh the shock skin. I I I was, you know, four to- uh, three tokens away for years um and i'm not gonna drop you know five dollars to get like a hundred tokens um i when i know i can just watch a couple couple hours of of stuff and just be okay and and see it then for sure um 
but anyway, we're not going to be able to get any more tokens um, unless they count watching tier two Overwatch, which I'm not sure if they do or not. But anyway, we're not going to really be able to get tokens from main Overwatch League until June 13th because we're going off for two weeks. Um, they're teasing, I guess not teasing, but um, in a video that they posted at the end of all the um, the Watchpoint stuff, um, Sideshow teased, I said teased again, whatever. He teased there's going to be a June tournament to come. So I, I guess they're moving towards a tournament format for the rest of the league to to finish it out um i think that's a that's a cool way to do it better than i mean it, it's more it's more of a coherent storyline and more of a uh i guess more of a high intensity higher pressure situation for us to watch what do you think about it uh i i do agree the, like just giving us more content later on and like kind of fixing I guess you could say it's kind of fixing the sleep schedule of of the Overwatch leagues kind of <laughs> all over the place until after the main melee. But I hope that like them taking this time allows them to get reorganized and figure out what they can do. Um, it is kind of weird how it's structured, though. Like um, we only have maybe two more weeks of the uh the event of like the the anniversary event right um so it's going to give us a week of just like nothing to really do in overwatch does that make sense like in between like uh the the end of like june 7th through the 13th there's not going to be a lot going on unless you know like you know massive trade deals or something else happens but um for the time being there's nothing that's really like locked down there what are your hopes for a June tournament? Like, what do you what do you want to see in this tournament that's coming up? Oh man, I I just want to see good games again. Like, I was really surprised about you know the the Florida Mayhem's run um, this weekend. I I thought that it was just amazing. I I love those underdog stories and seeing like you know um, people kind of figuring out what they needed to do and you know conquering giants and. Right. Um, in this case, you know, obviously it was the um, the the Philadelphia Fusion who were just like, you know, completely clapped. They they didn't know what was going on. I guess we can talk more about this in the next episode. But I was very confused about the the first to four at the very end format. Um, I I hope that they I hope that they take that out honestly because it doesn't see it doesn't fit with the rest of the format. So. Um, we'll talk about that next episode. I just really want to see, um, I would, I would like to see an international tournament, not just regional. I want to see how the East competes with the Western styles and, um, see if the dragons or the shock are really the best in the league right now. Yeah. I I wouldn't mind seeing that either. I want to see, you know, high level gameplay. I want to see what they can, you know, bring to the table. Um, and you know, if it comes between the shock, the fusion, uh, you know, the the Florida Mayhem. Now that they're in discussion, um, like who's the top? Who is number yeah. one uh, in this case right now? Um, they don't always have to be, you know, the, the the most creative or the most insane players. It's just like you know, who can who can take it to the top? Who deserves the spot here? You know? Yeah. Well, there's two weeks of off of Overwatch League until we get that magic, magic play. So 
um, they have some time to, to plan things out and hopefully streamline some things, um, maybe get their technology working so that the audio is not like five seconds behind the video. Um, but moving on. So uh, there was a, a brief tease of a new character coming to Overwatch. The, uh, the Overwatch League social media team was, well, not the League, but the Overwatch social media team was teasing some, uh, or trying to get some feedback on whether we wanted a certain new hero. So they, they posted to Twitter. Let me bring this up. They, they, posted, <laughs> they posted on the Overwatch League um, I keep saying Lee, on the, the Play Overwatch Twitter page, 100 replies and will make Jeff Kaplan the next hero. So as it stands, they had 50,000.3, or 50.3 thousand hearts or likes, um, 9,910 retweets, but they've disabled the reply button. So there's just the, the most awful tease ever. Yeah, we can't get the hero. We can't get the hero that we all asked for, uh, Daddy Jeff, as as the next hero. Um, I wish we could uh, reply. We'll, we gotta we gotta find a way around it. Uh, you know, if if anybody's gonna find a way around it, it is gonna be Twitter or yeah. Reddit. One of the two. Or we're we're gonna we're gonna find a way. We're gonna find a way to get Jeff in the game. Okay, it it doesn't matter how it happens. It will happen. They uh, should just do it as like an and, April Fool's Day thing for one day. Just like put like Jeff somewhere in the game. Just make all player models just Jeff. <laughs> uh, just imagine imagine that game. Uh, you don't know who's Farah, who's Ryan. Uh, they're all just Jeff. The only way you can tell is if like the Jeff is in the air. Yeah. What would it? What would you want out of a Jeff character? I I, I uh, the two things that I think I would want are the voice line, hi everybody, this is Jeff from the Overwatch team. That's one thing. And then my other request for them would be, uh, his alt would be like Banhammer. And so for like the rest of the map, like you, you focus on one person. And for the rest of the match, like if you Banhammer that person, then they can't, the other team can't pick that hero. Or just like Nerf Hammer. And just like reduces the effectiveness of like all of their, their abilities or something like that. Just a nod to like how everyone whines about Jeff banning and nerfing everything. I, I think a nerf hammer would be hilarious, but like if you get hit by it, you turn into Brig. <laughs> like you just you don't get to play the game. Uh, that that's that's the joke. What else would like a Jeff character have? Definitely like the the exclusive clothes. Like that's something that he he has on him like all the time. It's like the uh, his his skins are just the the different clothes that he wears on stream. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that being a thing. Okay, um, let's see. So so this is kind of where I think the Overwatch League is is moving to now with the the June tournament thing and the the May tournament thing. But uh, so Monty Cristo, who's he's no longer really part of the Overwatch League, but he still has stuff with Cloud Nine. Um, he had an idea for how the league would um, proceed with tournaments in the future. Or, I mean, it, it would have been for this season. Um, and he said it was rejected for being too complicated for the league by um, the powers that be in the league. 
Um, so what we have now is kind of like what was supposed to be the homestand format, which is more like traditional sports. What his idea, to the best of my understanding and ability to explain, is it would be kind of like, and he, he equated it to like a Mario Kart type thing, where in Mario Kart you have different kinds of, of circuits that are called cups. So like um, in Mario you have like the mushroom circuit and then the flower circuit and then the, the star circuit, and each time they're like expanded and they're getting bigger and harder. Um, so he, his idea was that like each leg of the competitive season would be divided into like a different cup. So like the first one would always be the Omnic Cup and like you're dividing everything into regions. So um, there's limited travel. So like at, at only one time, um, half of the league travels to one area so that you're limiting travel that way. And then that's that leg of the tournament. And then whoever wins the Omnic Cup is the winner. And then you move on to the next next cup, whatever that would be. So if that was the Omnic Cup, you'd have like the Black Watch Cup. And then it just, I guess, progresses from there. Um, I didn't watch the entire video of it. I've only watched the certain clips that were posted to the Dexerto article. Um, so each region would eventually get a trophy. And I guess the different winners from each cup in the region would then face off at the end uh, to see who was really the champion. Um, is that how you understood it or am I understanding it wrong? Because it, it is, it seems more complicated to me than what we have now. Although considering it's esports, maybe a different format than traditional sports would be welcome. Yeah, I, I do like this idea. This is something that, first of all, would limit travel, and it makes it easier for pretty much everyone. Um, the The only thing is that it's kind of, once again, it is kind of jumbled around. You don't really know what's going on until later down the line. Um, but I hope that in some way or form, uh, we get something like this, where, you know, certain regions, they all just fight for a certain cup, and then the winners of those go and go to, like, one place. and play a big tournament it's kind of like what dota 2 does for like the international we have one big tournament uh we have smaller tournaments throughout the year um that one's in you know oce one's in uh one's in europe one's in na and one is uh you know in china or closer to you know, mainland asia um in those certain like places you get a lot of people who you know just enjoy enjoy the game so you get the regionality of each place but at the same time you get i guess you get more just like eyes on it um and then everybody kind of has like a regional champion and then that champion is the one who everybody enjoys and loves um mm-hmm. so yeah i i hope that becomes the way um how Overwatch League handles it just imagine like a a super semi-final where it's just like the best of each place duking it out um for number one that that's honestly like an amazing an amazing look for them um and i hope that's that's the way that they go i feel like that's kind of what we have now just because of the way corona has made things with the may melee and now the june tournament you know how it it was broken up into regions we didn't get the final like face-off between the winners of the regions but like it, it's kind of what happened yeah i do agree like 
we we slowly get more people together um, over the course of this this whole uh, pandemic. Um, but yeah, hopefully it it does work out in in their favor, and we get to see some amazing you know gameplay later down the line. At first, I was kind of iffy about it because I mean I'm I'm used to the traditional sports circuit of you you go you travel around and you go to this person's um, home stadium, then they'll eventually come to yours. Um, but just seeing how how often these the teams play and how there's so few of them. Um, I do think the regionality thing would, would work a lot better than, uh, like we, we talked about it before, the, just the enormous amount of travel and, and money and time that this would take. If you gather everybody into a region for like a month, then it, it, I think it leads to better gameplay because the teams aren't going to be having to worry about travel. They're not going to be jet lagged and like they can establish themselves in a certain place and like train hard for that month. And then you, you get a, an ability to mix people better. Yeah, you have to see a lot more uh, high-level gameplay that way too, which is very important, at least for at least for the scene that we're at right now. Like We want right. to see crazy levels of gameplay. Um, we don't necessarily need um, you know, all of the all the extra all the extra stuff. We just want to see like a high level tournament and right. that's pretty much all we watch anyways. And any, also another thing I realized is like with that regionality format, like fans of a team who don't live in that team's area have a better chance and more opportunities to see their favorite team play live because they're, they're essentially coming to you by doing that. Like, you may not be, it may not actually come to your city, but it, it's at least closer. So if you wanted to make the trip to, let's say if you were in, um, in California and you're a fan of the Paris Eternal and they're playing at the Washington Justice's homestand there, you at least, if it's in that region, there's probably multiple days when they're going to be in Washington, if not coming to California. So you have the opportunity to make a trip to Washington and check out Seattle, check out Starbucks, and then go see um, the the Washington Justice play against the Paris Eternal. Yeah, I do agree. Like we, we should be able to see a lot of these games, and once again, regionality. You're going to get a lot of interesting characters and interesting uh, players in general. Like just. You get you get to just see so much more of the league and the people who make it up. So um, I honestly hope that that's how it goes, um, and we we get some cool cool stuff later down the line. But yeah, we we won't know. This whole coronavirus thing has got us all locked down, anyways. Uh, it is going to be kind of a weird uh, setup for for the for the next couple. You know, year maybe maybe the next year or so. Any news that you have? Um, not not really from from my side of things yet. Um, uh, other than watching watching the May Melee, um, Overwatch is is still there. It's still fun. Um, it's just harder to get a team together, um, knowing that everybody else is kind of doing their own thing. Um, and it's harder for me to like get everybody 
together and to like hang out and play uh it's just it's just weird right now all right well if that's all we have then thanks for everybody for tuning into our new segment this week please be sure to watch not watch please be sure to tune into the gameplay section where we're going to go over the may melee if you haven't seen the may melee tournament watch that first and then listen to our discussion of it because there was a lot of a uh, of really good play from teams that we never would have expected so um tune in and we'll hit you back next week with whatever news we've got thanks guys and see you next week Next week, we keep playing the anniversary event and update you on any news that comes our way. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.